Hi guys, Amy here. I'm back for series two of my podcast, The Boring Shit You Need to Know About Business. In series two, I'm so excited to bring you more business owners and conversation to challenge the way we do things in business. Today's episode, I am so very excited to have the beautiful Sinem Ibrahim from May's Activewear and Sin Digital, an amazing businesswoman running not only two very successful businesses, but also a very busy household, but unwaveringly successful in everything she does. Welcome, Sinem. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so great to have you join me today. We've known each other for a little while now, and I've been a big follower of your business successes running two businesses, like I said, the Maze Activewear, which is a maternity activewear range, and you've got your Sin Digital, which is a digital marketing company. Yes. Tell me more about how you got started and tell me about your businesses. Yeah, so, jeez, um, oh where do I start? So I've <laughs> been working for a digital agency for a long time, so like eight or nine years. Although my background is in psychology, so yeah, while I was studying, I was working at a digital agency and I found that psychology wasn't actually for me, so I stayed with the digital agency because I love the the aspect of building businesses, helping people build their business and marketing was just one avenue of that. Yeah, and I guess there's Um, some psychology in that too, essentially. What marketing is really, it's psychology 101, so it was quite useful in the end. Yeah. And then whilst I was still working, I decided to, you know, start my own, my own companies. And that's when Maze Activewear was born about three years ago now. Yep. So Maze came first. Yes. Maze did come first. Yeah. So that come because, you know, when you're on mat leave, what else are you going to do? You start a business, right? (laughs) That's, that's what I hear. Apparently that's what I hear. (laughs) Yeah. So I started, I started uh, Maze Activewear, which is as you said, it's a pregnancy and nursing range. And I guess that's how we met too, because I, I yeah. reached out because I was, I worked with people's numbers all the time, um, working like with Google ads and Facebook ads and things like that. But it, I found it very different when it came to my own numbers. It's all right when there's objectivity to it, but when it starts to become your own, it's really hard to work through those numbers yeah. on your own. So, yeah. That's a so really found- good way of putting it, you know, because you can be so objective when it's somebody else's, but when it becomes your own, there's a, a real different way to look at things. Well, then when you're looking at somebody else's numbers, just from my own perspective, like the numbers are just the numbers, it's the data. There's no emotion attached to those numbers. Mm-hmm. It's just black and white. There's really no gray area. But then when it comes to your own numbers, that number has a feeling attached to it. <laughs> it sure does, um, doesn't it? Some of it not yeah. so good. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. And yeah, so that was like a real a real shift for me personally, mm-hmm. like trying to understand my numbers a lot more. Maze has since kind of taken off. And then for me, it was just trying to like, I do this for like I do the digital like the digital marketing for other companies. So I thought like it's time I just do it for myself. Yeah, and that's when Sin Digital started. Very creative name, I know. No, I actually really like it. I I know it's attached to your first name, but I I really do like it because it's got it's got that synergy even with um digital. Pardon yeah. the pun, really. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here you are busy with Maze. And young children, yep. and you decide to welcome in the new business. <laughs> yeah. So, tell me a little bit about 
you know, that transition from full-time with somebody else to now being completely full-time in your own businesses, both of them? Yeah, look, it's been, it's been great actually um, in terms of just having, like for me, success is have, like, owning my own time. Yep. And especially with three little children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not something that I need to be bound to at nine to five of the stuff that I do so yeah and awesome. I love I just love building business like I love the I love that startup phase it's the real exciting part for me where you know all those foundations need to be laid and you know a lot of people that do go into business don't really know what to do like they'll throw up a web like they have the great idea of a product or a service and they'll put together their website and then like might get some traffic and some conversions and they start to go but then don't really know what to do from there and And we do we get we get starry-eyed by the fact that we have a really great concept or we have a really great product available uh without laying those foundations and you're you're a really savvy business owner in the time that i've worked with you like it's amazing what you have in place and and how quickly you've been able to grow your business i I'm curious, you know, you talk about foundations. I'm curious to learn a little bit more about what plans and what what do you have in place that set you up for understanding a little bit more about hitting the ground running and for that to be an exciting phase? Yeah, um, for me, it's number one is like making sure that your product and service is number one because that's, that's it. That's all you've got really. Yeah. And then the second is your website. It, you have to, people sort of skimp out on their, their website quite a bit. And for me, it's really, it's really important. Like if you went into a physical shop and there was, you know, broken glass on the floor or, you know, things were a little, like they, it was fine. You could walk in, but it wasn't great. You would mm. probably leave. Yeah. Your online shop is exactly the same. And what is it that they say about the landing? Like there's a time frame, isn't there, to capture somebody... Yeah, so you've what they got, want. Yeah, so it's, you've got a 30 second gap really to be able to. I know we have such a, a small attention span, but yeah, you've got 30 seconds to when they, that person lands on the page to go, yep, this is sort of what I want to continue looking at. Yeah, and we live in an age where there's so many other options available because there's that confidence now to be able to start in business. When I was young, which is about 105 years ago, and you know, you didn't just jump into business like you went and worked for someone for a little while and because we didn't have that reach that we have right now and that accessibility to be able to say I'm right here and I can access at least 10,000 people very quickly and you know even more when you when you think about it it's absolutely amazing all right so you talk about your foundations being a solid website and being able to I guess understand what your product and services and whether there's a real market for it. Yep. How do you, how do you do that? Can I ask? Like, how do you, how do you do that? How do I do that? So for me, it was like with Maze, for example, it was personal. Uh, yep. You know, I felt, felt pregnant and um, was always very active. Couldn't find what I needed at the time. So after my first pregnancy and on mat leave, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. Like I personally had that need. So I was like, I can't be the only person. I was going to say, often, you know, you, if there's a gap for you, there's likely to be a gap for others. And Well, they have because it seems like everybody at the same time <laughs> has the same need. 
Um, because there was a few. I've got a few competitors that we've all kind of launched at nearly the same time. So. Oh, okay. But that's okay. There's plenty of market for everybody. I think for you, yeah. like even if your market is very saturated, you just need to find what your unique selling point is, mm-hmm. and be very clear and know who your customer is and be able to talk that language and, you know, use those imagery. Your products can be exactly the same. It's your brand that's going to sell it. It's you. And I guess competition actually provides validity to what it is that you're wanting to do. So it's actually a good thing. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk a little bit more about COVID. How has COVID affected you? Probably zero, I'd imagine. Oh my God, I've been... (laughs) This is the, you know, people are losing their jobs. I'm like, oh my God, I'm the busiest I've ever been. Yeah. This has been crazy. Maze has grown, I'd say like tenfold in the in wow. this last year, mainly probably because I've been putting more effort into it as well mm-hmm. Um, in terms of that I'm finally at a space where I'm either not net and or not, not breastfeeding <laughs> postnatal so I can actually, you know, use my brain and think straight again. Um, and also, yeah, starting my own business with a digital agency. And because everyone's pivoting online because that's the only option they have. So, yeah, it's, yeah, everyone's doing it. And it, it, you're right, it's the only option they actually have. And they've got to be creative about it. So, you know, calling in experts like yourself to be able to help them navigate that world. Because me, I'm, I'm hopeless at that sort of thing. And I tend to stay away from it as much as I This is what I love. I love that whole strategy of going, okay, so let's look at what you've got. Mm-hmm. And then how are we going to get it to market in the most effective and like go out with a bang, but the most effective way possible. Like what platforms are at our disposal with what you've got and what budget you have for us to get the best bang for your buck. That's awesome. That is awesome. And so I can imagine, you know, like I said, COVID would have zero impact, if not the most ridiculously positive impact, which is really fantastic. And the online thing and, you know, even just activewear, you know, we're all living in it at the moment, whether whether (laughs) we wanted to or not, it's the most obvious choice. And you've got such amazing pieces. They're really fantastic. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the financial side of your business. And again, like you said before, this is how we kind of met uh, when you were starting out. And, you know, you alluded to the fact that it it was to play on the component of being able to lay some solid foundations for you as a business owner. Can you talk me through a little bit more about that? Yeah. So for me, it was like really understanding what my, how to price my product to make sure that I wanted to make sure that my product was affordable but also profitable for me and and knowing where I can discount like I want to do a sale but how far am I eating into my into my revenue how far am I eating into profits and like I needed to know those numbers inside out and these are the questions that I would ask clients all the time and often they would be quite stumped but then when I was on the reverse side of it, I was like, I can see where they're getting stumped. Like it's, it's really confusing. But once you get the foundations, it's actually not confusing. It's very liberating to yeah. really understand, okay, if I can, if this is what my cost per product is and layer in all the additional costs that go with it that often you forget about and then going, okay, this is where I need to price it. And then is that competitive? Is it not competitive? Like, do I need to, even before I now purchase the product, like when I'm shopping for manufacturers, I do all of that first and trying to understand 
where I can afford for that man like can I afford that manufacturer for that piece oh, I love that I love that so much it's that whole it's that whole leaning into it isn't it it's you yeah. know so many people you know I find that they feel a little bit afraid to want to know the reality of it and when they go to business it's you know well my competitors doing this so I'm going to charge at the same rate but there's a real impact around doing that because whilst they can charge at that particular rate you may not be able to yeah but then you just got to look at other things that you can offer like mm. what is what's in your arsenal that they might not have and you're also like you might be in the same space as your competitor but you're not running the same race it's very different yeah I mean, you've got different, you've got different expenses in your business. You, you're sourcing product from different areas, uh, not the same suppliers, even though the product may be very similar in nature. It's yeah. not, it's definitely not the same. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's, it's not the same. Even if you were to go to the exact same manufacturer, your products will still not be exactly the same. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that you do that work before you head into that decision Tell me a little bit about why that's so important. Because my brand is all about being affordable. It's for the everyday mum where it's affordable because pregnancy, just anything maternity in general is so expensive and you only wear it for a limited amount of time. Mm. But I also feel that, you know, it's a time where you, you don't have to just be in Kmart and Target clothes and big W because you're only going to wear it for a little bit of time. Or why should you have to size up and it not fit everywhere else just because you've got a tummy? Yeah. For me, it's all about making sure that you've got nice quality products that are going to last you and it's not fast fashion, it's sustainable so you can wear it across multiple pregnancies if you like, but also be somewhat affordable. Our bras are $60, their nursing bras are $60, our basic ones, and they should last at least two to three pregnancies. I was going to say that's, yeah. but that's even affordable. Like you, yeah. you know, non-maternity bras cost more than that, you know? Exactly. So that's amazing that you've been able to build that in and still be able to generate a profit that's sustainable for you to have that product in your business and continue to grow your business. Yeah. Well, I think it's always, if you keep your customer in mind mm. and what they want and make it all about that person, then the rest of your decisions become quite easy. Yeah. Because you're centering it around that. And that should be your driving force anyway, because that's why you're there. And if you're going to convert, if we talk about conversion and numbers on conversion, it's got to be about something that's enough for them to want. Exactly. Price, style, type. Exactly. So we've talked a little bit about the product side of it, and that is that can be a really obvious and easy way to price products. However, when we're talking about a service business like yeah. Digital, it's a little bit more difficult to potentially even view certain elements of your business as being a component of delivering a service when you're thinking about costing. So tell me a bit about that. Yes, I've actually found that even more difficult. Yeah. Because really, it's, it comes all, all down to you as a person and how you value your time. Yeah. Um, and you never, for example, I'd say, okay, so once a week I'm going to spend one hour on one ad Google Ads account. But really, I never spend just an hour. No. <laughs> I, I always get sidetracked and, you know, two and a half hours later, yeah, 
when I've only really costed out for one hour and it just kind of blows out like that quite quickly. (laughs) But I I guess on, on top of that, you could always build in some sort of form of measurement where you, if you do know that that particular task takes two and a half hours and you're finding on average that two and a half hours seems to be the case, then the next time round you build that two and a half hours in and charge yeah. differently. And then you'll probably spend three and a half hours on it. Yeah. And it kind of goes that way. But you're right. It comes back to how you value yourself and your time. I often say to business owners that if you were to divide the amount of time you spent either on or in your business for the week by the amount of money you actually made performing services, would you ever accept a job at that dollar rate per hour? And most business owners would say probably not. Like no, especially with all the <laughs> stress that comes with owning your own business. <laughs> That's right. So with with costing services, yeah, you're right. It's a different ball game. It's a little bit more difficult. But I think I think we need to stand a little bit firmer on our value, um, just as we would in terms of our products, measurements and being able to review will give you, I guess, a clear indication of, of how to value time next time around. Yes. I'm learning that too. (laughs) (laughs) It is a bit of a learning curve, but you'll find, you'll find your sweet spot soon enough. And, you know, in situations like that, you'll find that you'll then create a lot more value at, with a shorter amount of time being on the project and then gathering or gaining a lot more profit. Yeah, making sure that you've got really good systems in place, I think, yeah. to help shortcut a lot of the monotonous tasks that you do. Yeah. Do you measure? Do you track this, the actual financial component in your service-based business as you do in your product? No. Funnily enough, I don't. I don't do it as – no, I certainly don't. Like my, I'm all over my numbers in terms of maze. Mm-hmm. But in terms of my service business, no, I'm I'm not because I spend so much time and I kind of fell into doing it by myself yeah. because I had so many people asking me to do it for them that it just became like a no, no brainer for me to just do it mm-hmm. on my own. Yeah. Um, so I spent a lot of time just working with the clients that I haven't really had time. Like I don't even have a website. That's how much I've not had time. <laughs> Sorry, what, what was it that you were saying about? Yeah, I know. <laughs> just, I've been getting all my business from referrals, so that's, I haven't really great. had the need to. Yeah. I don't have an online presence. Oh, it's in digital. <laughs> I don't really have anything. <laughs> the irony in it all, but I guess there's some validity again back with the fact that there are people that are keen, that the referral is in place. So I guess you can put that on your to-do list and I know a great digital marketer that can do it for you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you'll have to give me her details. (laughs) So I guess in relation to that, you could probably, you know, that fancy spreadsheet that we did, you could apply exactly that to... I love that spreadsheet. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I love it. I still, like, I still go back to it today. Like I do it all the time. All my products are in there. Wow. So copy and paste it, call it Sin Digital, delete the maze data and you've got yourself a... Yeah, well, that's a great idea. I a good will. foundation. 
to keep going. Sorry, that's just me coaching you right now. I know, <laughs> Mid-podcast, that's okay. <laughs> so tell me about, um, you, you talked a little bit about your products in terms of being able to make some more informative and decisive business decisions because you do have your financials and that foundation in place. Have there been any other decisions that you've made in terms of growth or different strategies outside of just the products because of the fact that you are so intimately aware of your numbers now? Yeah, so I did end up, I've, since then, I've just, I've moved manufacturers. Wow. For that reason. I was going through a company through Australia that was also helping me source from overseas so knowing my numbers now, I've just completely cut them out because they're like cutting out the middleman. Mm. Help me go direct to the manufacturer has saved me so much money. For which sure. then I can I can pass that on to my customers. That's fantastic. So what's next for you? You you know, what's in store besides a website for Sim Digital? <laughs> what's in store? <laughs> Well, hopefully the borders or something opening soon because that would be nice <laughs> to get out and about. But business maze is growing at a rapid rate. So we'll be uh, expanding our range out into everyday wear, which is exciting. And yeah, I'm just enjoying the flow of having, you know, both businesses because I find it, I just find it so satisfying helping people build their businesses and watching it succeed as I do my own. So yeah. I like to... I think it must be that, you know, psychology part of me wanting to be able to help. and It all ties back. It all comes full circle in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. And the thing is, is that, like, people will come and engage my services for, say, like, just Facebook ads or just Google ads, but I can't just do that silo. So I kind of come in as a, like, as a business coach and help them at kind of all aspects because... Also, it's a bit selfish on my part. Like I can't get the results that I need working with, you know, a not a decent website or if they don't know their numbers and things like that. Mm-hmm. But also like why not just share that information if I have it yeah. to help them. And the thing is, you know, we live in this information age that if you're not giving it to them to help them, they're going to find it eventually. But they, it might take them so much longer to find it because the World Wide Web is... Oh yeah, so much on there, and being able to validate even what's on there because some of even some of the stuff I've seen, I just kind of think, oh, I'm not so sure that that's entirely true. <laughs> I guess for me, it's yeah, I kind of take everything that I read with a grain of salt and then apply it to either mm. my own business or you know some clients that are happy to trial and error some stuff and have it validated that way. Like I've seen lots and lots of different businesses and how they approach things. So kind of have a good idea of, you know, what tends to work and what doesn't. Yeah. And Google's good for some things, but it doesn't beat experience hands down. And you've been doing it for a while. And I think especially in the digital marketing space, experience counts for everything. Absolutely. Trying to do it yourself is really tough. (laughs) Yeah. So with the digital marketing space, I think, you know, experience counts definitely for everything. Yeah, and it's also so like so fast paced too. Like everything was about Facebook a few years ago and then mm. it moved to being on Insta and now like moving across to TikTok and all of these transitions. Can I ask what's with TikTok? Because there's some areas that are 
banning it, isn't there? But yes. I'm not too across TikTok because I don't, it's not a platform that I generally use for my clients or for myself at this stage. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure why they're banning it, to be honest. And then with the introduction of Instagram Reels, there's already a solid substitute on a platform that is well-trusted. Yeah. Is that what your view is on that? Yeah, that's exactly. This Instagram Reels, I think, is really going to change way people do things yeah and also uh, Instagram and Facebook are moving the way that you do shopping so trying not to move off their platform at all so you'd be able to like it's there to some degree but you still have to move off their platform for the cart so they're now trying to integrate a cart into their platform which effectively is you wouldn't need you wouldn't need to have a website at all really Yeah, and I know a lot of businesses don't because they use Instagram and Facebook because you've now got that that Facebook uh, where you can put up your products and you can be able to swipe up and you can do it all from there, like what you were saying. Yeah, it kind of takes a little bit of that away. But I still think, I personally think there's something about the landing page that is a website as well, like what you were saying. Also, like you got to look at it as in when you're doing all of your transactions through a platform that you don't own, like Facebook Mm. and Instagram, the moment they decide to shut the doors, you've lost your business. Yeah. You've, you don't own, you don't own your customers anymore. Whereas if you can try and take them off the platform and onto your website and capture their email, you now own that list and can go back to them with any information you choose to. And they change the game so often. You know, there are so many tweaks and, you know, you're just not allowed to do something all of a sudden and you wake up and something's changed and you lose control of your business somewhat if you're relying entirely on those two platforms. And even like their shop, like I can't tell you how many times of my products, my nursing products have been disallowed because it has nudity. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, really? Have you seen some of the other images that are out there? I know, right? Influencers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's plenty of it going on. Oh. Whilst we're on it, which is your favourite platform for businesses? <sighs> I don't necessarily have a favourite. It's about what platform is best for whatever you're selling and who your target market is. Mm-hmm. But for me, Instagram's a bit of a no-brainer. It's a visual. Yeah. Like for me, it's visual aesthetics. You need, people want to see what it looks like. It's just easier. I find Facebook's a lot better for me in engaging content. Yeah, that's what I'd use for my own business. But I guess like if I'm looking, if I ever start to advertise in digital, it would be completely different. I would look more at doing things on LinkedIn and, you know, maybe a bit more on Facebook and just have a little bit of snippets on Instagram. Thank you so much. Like you've given us some great insights into digital marketing, some really great insights into building foundations for business and what's important, especially for your business. But I, you know, I kind of concur that it's, it's kind of a starting game for most businesses and they should get to the, those foundations, not just from a financial perspective, but getting other things right to go to market like websites and, and just understanding your, your customer. Yeah, and I just find that so there's so many people who don't understand who their target audience is. Like, yeah. you know, who's this business for? It's for everybody. It's like, no, it's not. It's not for everybody. 
pick that one person that it's for. Give that yeah. person a name. You know, what does that person do every day? Understand them thoroughly like it's your partner. Yeah. And, and you would do, talking. I'm assuming you do briefs like that for your. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah your clients. Great. That's fantastic. Well, Congratulations on the successes that have come and I'm sure there's plenty more ahead of you. You're amazing to work with, to talk to and to, to listen to about your businesses. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, love. Thank you. And that's it, guys, for another episode of The Boring Shit You Need to Know About Business. I'm Amy Pajada and I'll see you next time.